0: I am Daniel Luke's and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years. And today I have my special guest. He's the founder and CEO of HolyCall. And of course, an author too, no other than Mr. Michael Barry.
1: Thank you sir how are you all doing today
0: i'm fabulous like you mr barry and welcome to book one one and can you please introduce yourself
1: uh yes uh, my name is michael barry i'm founder of helical which is a company it's a not-for-profit and a writer of the well co-writer i guess you could say of the book natural philosophy mr barry what is did you realize that you're good in writing um, well, the book is um, actually a, a philosophical treatise. It's basically, very, it was inspired by uh, John Locke's uh, essay is on the law of nature. Not only goes, uh, it not only details the beginning and, and some uh, potential theories for um, how the Big Bang happened, but it also has, um, it's, it derives a meaning and purpose for existence almost. And through that Purpose, basic, which is stasis. Uh, through that purpose, if you were to derive, what would be the best outcome for stasis if it if that trend kept going, and that, that trend would be for uh, for for life or whatever you want to call life, the fifth element, or um, you know whatever whatever your association with, with that force is, or that 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 uh, entity that is being a conscious sentient being in the state of existence or whatever that is. Um, but if you were to follow that forwards um, the next lo- the, the next step the next derived step would be to build platforms out of asteroids and out of debris that's floating around the uh, floating around the solar system and to turn those things into uh, places to live for life after uh, for life after Earth. Fascinating
0: mr. Barry so what is the big difference of dark matter and dark energy
1: um now now again I, i'm i'm not a hundred percent sure but um because it's not my my area of specialty exactly i believe that the difference is is that dark energy is basically um what makes uh what makes the universe help or it helps the universe fly apart faster um whereas dark matter is a completely unrelated thing it should be called um uh, Professor Dr. Uh, Lisa Randall says it best, I think. Um, And she says that it's transparent matter or transparent. So if you think of it more like something that doesn't interact with the electromagnetic spectrum or like with light or with like, you know, anything along those, those, those wavelengths, um, then what you have is you have this matter that you can't really see. It doesn't really interact, and so when you call it dark, it's very like, or when people, just human beings, uh, use the nomenclature of dark energy or dark matter, um, it, it's sort of misleading a little bit because it's not really dark necessarily. It's more like transparent, and the difference between the two is is that now, now if you if you derive more from our theory, um, what you will find is, for example, uh, dark matter is possible to be coming out of the accretion disks around a black hole. And this is very speculative. um, But um, but uh, one of the theories goes that um, as all of the things that are falling into a black hole are now, this is well, well, well before the event horizon. So as all of this accretion is, is falling into this black hole, it's all ri- it's all grinding up against each other and it's rubbing up against each other and it's and it's and it's causing friction and it's it is and it's generating uh, lots of energy that sometimes gets trapped turns it by magnetic field lines and turns into arrays like these like these very powerful um, energy energetic jets away from the black holes now it's not it's now it's around the accretion disk so it's not inside it's not past the event horizon where nothing can escape but at, before that and then what happens is, is is this energy like like as 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 the uh, um as the energy gets pushed away from these ma- by these magnetic currents um uh one of our hypotheses is that um dark matter could be generated in those conditions because those conditions are very similar to things like particle accelerators
0: very well said Mr. Barry who are your favorite authors that influence you
1: in your writing you know actually uh, if 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 I may I will um, uh, I'd like to make a a uh, a throwback to uh, my acknowledgement section um, because I think everything that uh, the, everyone that I needed to thank you know including uh, dr. Sean Carroll um, uh, you know, Dr. Brian Green, Dr. Michio Kaku, Dr. Juan Malseña, um, Dr. Noam Chomsky, Dr. Stephen Hawsonfelder, Dr. John Preskill, Dr. Matt O'Dowd, Dr. Roger Penrose is huge. His work is is we um, we, in, we we were actually independently able to um, derive um, our own version of um, of a cyclical well it's not really it's a helical universe rather than a cyclical one. Um, and the difference is that um It would return to the point where it started except everything is moving uh, according to relativity and since everything is moving according to relativity or whatever that if it were to arrive at its point of origin it would actually still be in a different spot and so um, so one of our conjectures is we're mapping um, the construct of time as a helical shape rather than a circle Um, but but either way um uh Dr. Penrose is the first to come up with these cyclical eons, Aeons. Um, and we independently came up with our own idea of Aeons, and someone someone approaches and goes, Oh, yeah, by the way, Sir Roger Penrose already came up with this idea, kinda sorta. And he you know he he and here's his work. And so we were like, Oh, okay, well, that's great. You know, I mean it's great that um that we came up with something independently that another person also came up with. Um, but we give credit to, we, we defer, we defer credit to, cause he, he came up with it way, this was like in the thirties or the forties. So, um, uh, it was way, 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 way before, uh, way before we were able to get on the scene. So, um, so it's not nearly as, not nearly as impressive, but, um, um, as his, but, um, uh, uh, but yeah, Dr. Brian Keating, uh, of course, uh, there's a joke in my book. It says Stephen Hawkins, um, and uh, it's just Brian Keating joke, um, and uh, that's that's just due to the fact that uh, Professor Stephen Hawking really liked humor, and uh, one of the ways that I I mean I was, he was very uh, he was very important to my work and to the work of people like Dr. Neil Turok um, and um, you know some of these other um, some of these other people who have contributed very 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 largely to. Um, the field of, you know, cosmology and quantum physics and all these other things. Quantum cosmology, for example, for Professor Dr. Stephen Hawking. Um, But uh, the joke goes that um, whenever someone wants to say or whenever someone wants to throw down a challenge or whatever, they always say Einstein is wrong. You know, you never hear people say Stephen Hawking is wrong or um, or and he said Stephen Hawkins because he was joking that if, if you were if you were to say Stephen Hawking was wrong, you obviously wouldn't be as well aware of his work to be not properly giving should not properly using his name. Um, And that if you are familiar enough with his work that you could see if he was wrong or not, you probably would be more well aware of his work than not. Um, So the joke goes that um, uh, we call him, we, we, we call professor Dr. Stephen Hawkins. Um, And uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of other people um, uh, like, you know, some of my high school teachers are in there that I'm very grateful to. Some of my mentors are in there that I'm grateful to, um, and all that other stuff. So, um, uh, so yeah, so, um, and of course, a shout out to the rest of the team that I work with. Um, uh, my, my wife is, um, part of that team. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of people who, you know, who help make, um, the operation continue to run and, Helped my ability to write this book, and so I'm grateful to them for that as well. Um, So,
0: Mr. Barry, if you compare
1: Mr. Hawking to
0: the legendary Mr. Einstein, what's the big difference of their work?
1: You know, honestly, my my views on Einstein are that I think that his I think he was incredibly um, he was incredibly gifted in his ability to uh, see things that uh, see things from a different angle and I'm not sure if we remember Einstein accurately as I think he was, I guess the difference is, is that, you know, if Einstein had grown up in Hawking's age, you know, who would we listen to? Who, if they had a conflict, if, they, if there was a uh, sort of professor Leonard Susskind versus professor Stephen Hawking sort of black hole wars situation, then who would we listen to ultimately? Who, who would we be the people that we or? the person that we would side with more or less in quotes side with you know scientifically and as much as i do like einstein out of the two of them i think you know i honestly think that hawking may have had a slight advantage just because you know his his awful situation and you know some of the some of the situations that have transpired that were unfortunate um created a scenario in which you know, he had to do math in his head and, you know, all these other things. And so um, and so just just based on I mean, I think they were both very gifted. Honestly, uh, I would give a slight advantage to Professor Dr. Stephen Hawking just because he, I think he was just as gifted. But I think he had probably more discipline.
0: Very well said, Mr. Barry. But before we go and I want to shout out to the people listening in Denmark. Because in capital region I get 52% audience share. South Denmark at 22%, North Denmark at 17%, Zealand at 5%, Central Jutland at 4%. Thank you Denmark for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created to empower writers all over the world, like Mister Michael Barry. Thank you, sir. So, Mister Barry, let's talk about your latest book academic book natural philosophy how did you craft it
1: the inspiration like I said came from the book on John Locke uh, or the book by John Locke it's called natural or the essays on natural law Um, and what the attempt was uh, if you read the book what the attempt was was to derive a set of natural laws from nature or whatever it was and most of the western world was actually built on this book so uh, when in in the United States, when they say uh, you know in the Constitution or whatever or the Bill of Rights or whatever they say life liberty, pursuit of happiness, um, that was actually that was actually originally written by John Locke who said that amongst these derived natural rights or these things that are derived from nature in quotes, um, were life, liberty and pursuit of property. John Hancock and uh, uh, Jefferson and Washington or and, all well, not Washington. it was actually' it was Franklin Adams and um, Jefferson specifically, who like authored the whole thing. But, um, but, you know, I mean, everybody signed it and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like, the point is, is that the Western world was basically built on more or less its set of beliefs. John Locke was actually friends with Newton, uh, uh, Isaac Newton, back in the day, they were both part of the same, like, Friend, friend groups, or whatever—they're—they're um, they're primarily what is um, like referred to as like the calculus enlightenment group—and—and um, um, and so since the document was so old, I—I I took a look at it and I read it and I went through it and I was like, okay, well, I am pretty sure there's a majority of people who will not agree with these derivations anymore. It's—it's it's good for what it was and it's great for where it is. But we have quantum physics now, and if you're going to do derivations, and if you're going to have applications of of social impacts, for example, um, that those that those applications should also be defined on the quantum level, not just the classical level. Um, and so, in doing so, what we're doing is we're taking John Locke's uh, essays on the laws of nature, or essays on the on nature's laws, or whatever it was, and we're upgrading it to its 2.0 um sort of you know version which is to say instead of starting with now now this is a quote from john locke so i mean whatever people's religious and philosophical beliefs are that's that's their business obviously um but john locke personally was a christian and so obviously you can see that those traces of um, you know Christianity that exists in the Western world, you know in Europe and the United States and elsewhere, and a lot of that has to do with John Locke and 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 his derivation. And what it starts with is God created man, man create or God created man, man be, was given domain over the land or whatever, and tries to use biblical verses to go in and justify. Okay, yeah, here's here's justification number one, here's justification number two, here's justification number three. And, it, and it's a very short treatise, but it reads like a uh, like a proof almost, but like a like a metaphysical proof. Um, and so as I was going through and I was reading and you know, I was like, all right, well, this has got to be updated. Um, you know, we have we have an entirely new set of mechanics that's involved. So we should really be looking at this situation in, in a uh, in a new light. Um, and so what I did was is instead of starting with God created man who created who was given domain over the land, I started with here's a universe Here's an empty universe with a Hilbert space and a De sitter space. And inside of that Hilbert De sitter space comes negative vacuum energy. And from that negative vacuum energy comes random energy fluctuations, which turn into black holes. Those black holes merge until they become Nariai black holes, which are black holes which are so large that they break the laws of current physics. Um, and they get into the Nariai black hole spectrum. So you just, you just have to keep having these negative energy fluctuations. They keep building and building and building. Eventually, they collapse into a black hole because it's a very simple structure. And then those black holes all merge together. Then after all those black holes merge all together, um, we're, we are aware that the majority of uh, Oh, like, so for example, uh, Professor Dr. Neil Turok um, has a great new model that came out after, after my book came. Well, I mean, his model didn't come out after my book came out. His book came out simultaneously when our book came out. And when I saw his model, I was like, wow, that fits in with our model very well. Um, and that is Professor Dr. Neil Turok believes that before the Big Bang was an asymmetric universe that was left handed chiral instead of right handed chiral. And that left handed universe was left handed matter, or so is antimatter um, in, its, in its counter configuration, whatever. Then it all collapsed into a singularity, and then that singularity uh, expanded. So, um, so then that's important because it explains the three generations of particles. And and before that doesn't mean that there was a professor Dr. Neil Turok in the universe before um, an anti Doctor Neil Turok, but um, uh, but there was a universe and there was a set of laws of physics. And and one of our one of the things that were that we conjecture is one of the reasons that the universe is so unique, why right? it doesn't just look like a random assorted box, you know, like like they'll always use that as a model. They'll say, um, if you put gas in a box, it'll distribute evenly, and that's what you would expect from the universe. The problem is you have the Higgs mechanism. The Higgs mechanism uh, happened, which which may not be fundamental. So if Professor Dr. Neil Tark is right, then the Higgs mechanism is not fundamental, which means that, The things that had to happen for the Higgs mechanism to happen had to be unique, sort of. And so that makes our our universe in some way unique um, compared to any other universe that would have been before or any other universe that will come after, according to our model.
0: So, natural philosophy, what behind your
1: W academic book? So, going in line with that, um, our derivation was from the beginning of the universe rather than saying God created man. We said, Um, the universe was created from natural, from negative energy density, which caused the, which caused the big bang, the big bang happened. Um, all the energy settled, um, this, this notion of stasis and intent is very important. Um, so intent forms, which you see even in hydrogen atoms, you see intent based on, on if you add energy to the system. So if you take a hydrogen atom and you. Um, you know throw ultraviolet energy at it or something you add energy to the system It'll actually change the frequency at which the hydrogen atom vibrates in order to conserve energy So it's not intelligently going. Oh, wow, this is not pleasant. I'm gonna change my frequency to um, You know to this lower frequency or this higher frequency in order to maintain energy No, it doesn't think that but it does it and it does it and and art and conjecture says that that's proto intent or that is intent and that leads, to, that leads to larger structures that also have intent as well. Um, and that is intent towards stasis, which we define as differential geometry of energy and the environment into a system of critical points defined by entanglement structure. Is there a follow up for this book, Mr. Barry? Um, you know, I, that is a really good question. Um, and to answer, sorry, to answer your first question. Um, so from that derivation, um, we felt it was appropriate um, that since Locke was friends with Newton, now one of uh, Principia Mathematica's original name is, um, uh, is Natural uh, Philosophy Naturalis. Um, and that book, uh, and since we, what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to revive this notion of natural philosophy as a rigorous science because for natural philosophy, like before the, the 18, or like, it would be like late 1800s, sort of when Darwin was around, Natural philosophy existed, but it was a deplorable state of affairs. It was very unrigorous, very like racist, very like not pleasant. Um, And so they basically shut natural philosophy down. And what our goal was was to say, okay, let's bring natural philosophy back. Let's bring philosophy of science back. Let's bring back um, the nature of not just studying the universe, but actually studying the wisdom of the natural world. Very well said, Mr. Barry.
0: But before we go and I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Food 101, our third season with Chef Alessandro, one of the best executive chefs in a five-star restaurant in downtown Toronto. So please do listen to our latest episode. We talk about sanitation, people, sanitation. Plus one more. Our books are out, not only one, but 12 volumes. Food One Hundred One, Volume One until Twelve is only the books that you need how to create a delicious food available on Amazon and leading online bookstores worldwide. So, Mister Barry, what is the best highlight of Natural Philosophy?
1: You know the thing. Uh, the, I think the, the best highlight is the is is pretty much the last part of it, which uh, I describe a future in which. Um, or if you want to call it future or whatever, um, but, um, but a state of existence in which um, the state of life, or, or as Elon Musk puts it, uh, the light of consciousness, um, has the ability to survive until the thermal equilibration of the universe, which is 10 to the 10 to the 100 years from now. So the fact that it's going to be plausible, possible, and attainable for us to build structures that will last for 10 to the 10 to the 100 years is very hopeful, inspiring. And I am genuinely hopeful that other people will be inspired, not just by this work, but by other natural philosophical works that are recent. Um, and in hopes that people will feel like there is hope, in it, there is hope coming. There is, there is a better future that can exist and that will exist. Very well
0: said, Mr. Barry. And this episode is being brought to you by Primal Life Organics. Earth worth, gift from the earth, showing your worth. So, Mr. Barry, can you please invite our listeners to support Natural Philosophy?
1: Yeah, Um. if you want to, uh, please go ahead and uh, go online, Amazon or Barnes & Noble, look up Natural Philosophy by Helical. Uh, I would be grateful and so would uh, all life on the planet. Thank you.
0: Yes, people, let's support Mister Barry because if you support him, more, more books to come. More to come, people. See you soon.